Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it is Tuesday, and it must be SEC football and beyond. In fact, it is SEC football and beyond. He is Neil McCready. I am Chris Landry. Always good to be with you a couple of days a week, and we live up to the title. It's SEC football, but it's beyond, and certainly we we talk a lot, those of you that are with us, and we certainly appreciate those of you that do join us every twice a week, uh, talk a lot of college basketball during the tournament. Uh, I'm busy right now with uh, a lot of draft preparation and a lot of meetings, and uh, that's what we got going on at LandryFootball.com. So I know that will uh, take apart uh, a lot of our conversation. But we've got a number, a few different things that are going on around the world of sports that affect the world of college football, the SEC, recruiting, uh, the end of the dead period, uh, right around the corner. Neil, good to be with you, my friend. And how are you? How was the, the weekend? Chris, it was good. Had a great weekend. Um, weather was perfect starting on Saturday. Um Massive crowds in Oxford for Ole Miss and Arkansas. I heard about that. Yes. So, okay. Massive crowds. It's upset some people. Some people are, are super worked up about the lack of social distancing and the lack of masks. And everyone's very, a lot of people are real upset. But, you know, in a couple of weeks when nothing happens, I think we can all start to say, hey, maybe it's okay to go outside and live your life. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. You can stay home. No one is stopping you. That's, Believe it or not, that's one of the great things about freedom. If you want to be scared and stay at home, that's cool. You can do that. Uh, that was good. Uh, Caroline had her prom on Saturday night, so that was good. Uh, it was just been a been a busy uh, been a busy few days, but um, yeah, all's good. Good prom is. So I thought uh, it's prom time. Huh? I thought prom was more fallish. No, they changed that. I remember. Gosh, it's been so long now. I I thought. It was homecoming in the fall and prom in the spring or no sweetheart dance. I don't, I don't remember. Give me up to date. So prom is homecoming is in the fall. Fall, of course, it's gotta be prom is in the spring. They didn't get to have prom last year because of uh, the pandemic. So this was, uh, this was, they, they had prom, you know, uh, they, they, they had a, a huge dinner party before the prom. And then at the prom, they had to go in shifts because of, you know, the virus and stuff. Um, and if you sense sarcasm in my voice, it's because it's there. Uh, they had to go in shifts. They had to wear masks. So in other words, they stayed at the prom for about 10 minutes. They got a picture or two taken and got out of there. And then they went to parties uh, afterwards. Uh, the same group of kids, indoor parties, without social distancing and without masks, and they'll be fine. 
and um, <laughs> in, in the same town where 13,000 people crammed into a baseball stadium three different times to watch Ole Miss and Arkansas over the weekend. So, But, yeah, they had prom in the spring. Um, so I was glad Caroline got to have a prom because she didn't get to have a junior prom. It's good for her. So, yeah, she had, they had a good time. Everybody looked pretty. It was beautiful weather, and it was very nice. I um, Where I live – right across the street as I'm, as I'm looking at their houses, I'm doing this show. Um, there's this, you know, family and the, the little girl was when I, when I first uh, got here, she was, I don't know, two or three, she'd come over and, you know, and just, you know, cutting grass, something just, and, um, and she's now, prominent and uh well we call it sweetheart dance that's why i was confused so we we didn't we not technically didn't have a prom it was called sweetheart dance so that wouldn't make sense so it was like um when <laughs> the last time they had was the homecoming of sweetheart i looked and i'm like my god she's you know jordan has grown up and it was like it's marks it's landmarks like that that make you realize how old you are getting because i can remember when I don't know, fifth grade to seventh grade was like forever. Sure. Or, you know, and now it's like, man, it's been like, gee, what, where did they go? You know, so anyway, we're good for her. Uh, so uh, real quick on um, baseball. So Mississippi, how much is how much can Mississippi State hold? Because I know they do the whole, you know, uh, the, the little um, barbecue area and all that. Can they, are they going to try to? Up Ole Miss's thirteen thousand, or can they? Or I hope so. They haven't yet. They've 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 resisted the, the what they what they're allowed to do outside is one hundred percent. They can yeah they can fill it up <clears throat> capacity. They've got Ole Miss coming in this weekend. They've got their spring game in Startville this weekend. They can yeah. call it Super Bulldog weekend. That's this weekend. So uh, Ole Miss comes in Friday, Saturday, Sunday for baseball. They have their spring game. I'm sure they have other things on campus. <laughs> I I hope. I hope they open it wide open. That's what they that's what they should do. That's what they can do. Uh, Ole Miss just did it, and um, I mean we're two days removed, and so far, I think I think the death count from the weekend is like seven thousand so far. It's just not much, but we're we're good. And, you know, no, I'm kidding. It's fine. And we live in a state in Mississippi, Chris, where there are more vaccines than there are arms to put them in. I have not gotten my vaccine yet. Um, my brother um, called me. Well, this is over. I mean, I, I speak to him pretty regularly, but he got his second one a week ago. And I don't know if it's – he struggled with it big time. He was Which ticked one? off. He is a Moderna. Okay. He said um, – <laughs> David said, I gave myself the damn flu. <laughs> I just yeah, – you know, and, and – and, and it's, he called me Saturday and he says he's still lethargic. And I don't know if it's in his mind or he's just ticked off or whatever, but he, he sounds still kind of lethargic from the shot. And uh, so I, you know, he told me, he says, he says uh, <laughs> if I got to take this again, not doing it, not doing it. He just, <laughs> and so I, after that, I've heard your story. I've heard other people's story. I've decided I ain't taking the, the darn thing till after the draft. I cannot afford to, I don't know what's going to happen, whatever. And I noticed that looked at my calendar, got a doctor's appointment coming up soon after the draft. So I'm going to let him decide. Let him tell me, I, I, I guess I'll get it. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. And I will, I'm just not doing it. 
probably I'm two weeks now. Gonna yeah. be two weeks Thursday. I just can't afford to have something happen, and and I am dialed in. I had to go to a few pro days. I don't have to do that. The 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 meeting, the consulting meetings I do are virtual. Nobody's here. I'm just I'm not doing it. Um, I just can't I can't afford to get knocked down half a day. And then plus, I don't know. One of them said that um, I may have to get it approved by my cardiologist. I got a mechanical aortic heart valve. I heard that some of it has clotting and all that. It's like, man, this may be a little bit more complex than I ever thought. So I'm going to have to run it up the flagpole of all the doctors and figure out what can I do, when can I do it, and how do I do it. But anyway, uh, last thing on baseball. So um, anything to make of, I mean, it's baseball. It's college baseball, but it's baseball. Anything to make it Georgia going in and having some success against that Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt doesn't look like they're right for some reason with uh, those two great pitchers. Well, it's three things. One, and you nailed one of them just then. It's it's baseball. And if you follow baseball, you know that bad teams beat good teams all the time. Um, two, it shows you that Vanderbilt's human. That uh, as while I still think they're the best team in the league because of those two pitchers, that they're human and you can beat them. And three, it shows you. The, you know, we talk about this a lot in football about, oh, boy, it's a deep league. It's a, such a deep league. And, and sometimes it is, but oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes the bottom of the SEC is really bad. And in basketball, we, we tend to do it every year, and there's, there are typically some bad teams at the bottom of the league. In baseball, there aren't that many bad teams. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's everybody in the, in the league, Georgia included, has some pitching. Everybody in the league has some position guys who can play, so it's not a it's not a shocking deal. I, you know, if they did it again this weekend, Vanderbilt would probably stick it to them. But uh, no, not not a not a giant surprise. Look, there's in this league this year. There's Vanderbilt in no particular order: Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Florida. South Carolina, maybe even Tennessee. People keep trying to write Tennessee off, but their numbers indicate that you should. Vandy goes to Knoxville this weekend, I believe. That's that's correct. So, you know, we'll find out a little bit more about the Vols this weekend. But there are – that's gosh, Chris, that's what, half the league? That, and you mentioned half the league and – That have a shot to be – You did not mention one team that is normally at the very top mm-hmm. one or two in the list. Yeah, I didn't mention LSU. I keep waiting for LSU to get hot and to start to, you know, scoff at all of us. And so are the still, folks in back in Renton Rouge, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> they still have time. They 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 did take two out of three from Kentucky over the weekend. So uh, I don't know who LSU has this weekend. I know they come here to Ole Miss in two weeks. Um, I don't know who they have this weekend, but they if if they're going to make a run, they they they've got to start right now. But you know they lost their ace pitcher, so they've they've got some issues there. I don't know that they're as talented as LSU normally is, and and the rest of the league is is really good. It's just, it's very it's a deep league when half the league is is like you said when half of the league is is a sweet sixteen, if you will, meaning they could easily make a super regional. When half of the league is one of those teams, and we're not even talking about LSU, that that tells you just how deep the league is in baseball this year. So we're two weeks away from the NFL draft. A reminder over at LandryFootball.com. Have all the draft boards up. The position boards, the top overall boards, which is vertical boards or horizontal boards. All the scouting reports. You want the detailed scouting reports on all these players. Um, Obviously, here in the last couple of weeks, a lot of what goes on right now in the league is, is, well, everybody's in meetings now. 
and they they started about a week ago. And Neil, uh, for our listeners, people ask me a bunch about how do the how the meetings go. And at this stage, you have gotten to the point where you take a position a day. Sometimes it takes two days to get through a position, but you're not going through everybody. Meaning you've you've put guys already that are on your what you call your reject board, and you go through all the receivers A through Z in 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 your in your in your book. Everybody that's seen the player. Then you look at film together and you stack them on the board. Uh, it is a little unique this year in that uh, this past weekend was what was what we commonly call the recheck physicals, but this year it was the physicals, the official physicals. Uh, it's in Indianapolis, same place we hold the combine, and so players were there doing their medicals, which again this year had to be done differently. Normally what happens at the combine in February, you have the medicals. Anybody that's um, labeled for rechecks, meaning they've got an issue going on, they come back a week prior to the draft. And so right now, the final meetings as you're putting together your board, people think that the boards are set long in advance. They're not. They're, They're getting done now as we speak. And it's later this year than normal because you're taking all that medical information that you're trying to get all done. Every, every team trainer and every doctor, limited number of, of, of medical personnel can go this year uh, as opposed to normal. So that's kind of where we are. Everybody kind of wants to know what's going to happen. This or that rumor tracking every rumor, this and that it is lying season. I will remind you, uh, <laughs> I used to have to go to, confession a little bit more you know that you know after this i used to say gosh almighty you know i used to if you know if somebody like my friend neil would call i'd say neil ask me no questions i'll tell you no lies you ask me a question i may have to lie to you so so anyway it is uh it is an interesting time of year because everybody's excited now to see where these players are going to go and there'll be rumors that are going to come out and and they're neil they're they're stories like somebody will send something to me it's like well, the owner and the general manager of uh, the Falcons are finally on the same page. <laughs> it's like that's like the story, you know. Like, you know that that pretty. <laughs> that's kind of like today's cloudy. You know, it's sunny. I mean, it's like it's like what? What? Do you, <laughs> it's kind of um, it's kind of weird what people try to make stories up. Oh, Jerry Jones like Kyle Pitts. Uh, so does everybody else, you know, it's it's like, but there's a storyline that's built around it. So I know there's a lot that that's going on in terms of conversation, but what is really going on inside is the finalization of the board. And then the last four or five days, Neil, it's a lot about what we call draft management, trying to figure out what are the options? What are the scenarios? Obviously you're picking fourth. You have a pretty, you have a much better idea who's going to be available to you as opposed to if you pick in 14th, more difficult if you're 24th and so on and so forth. Do you do mock drafts? Uh, we never, we never did a lot of mock drafts. What we tried to do is go through what I think is more productive. So who gives a flip whether, you know, it's, you know, who takes Panay Sul? If you're picking, you know, 24th, you know, he's gone, but you want to figure out where he might go that might determine whether, you know, uh, Slater is available or whether someone else, 
uh, Trevin Jenkins is available or Darashaw is available. So you, you try to figure, yes, to some degree, who's likely going to go. But what you try to do, what I try to do is more productive is, or if we're picking 14th, okay, this is who we think is likely the, the, the cluster of players, two, three players that we think is going to be there. And you have a pretty good idea. What do, what do we want to do there? Let's make sure that we take care of that. Now, if something happens, player number eight on your board slips, and it could very easily happen, well, it's pretty easy. If you set your board up correctly, you're good. So you try to get a feel for it, but what other people are going to do. And that's about as far as you go with mock drafts. So you do a lot of, a lot of information. And look, it's difficult. Here's why it's to do a lot of mock drafts. You got to talk to a lot of people, a lot of people that you're not going to be honest with. Right. You're hoping they give you, you you're hoping they give you honest information, not real realistic to worry about a lot of the minutia. Okay. So let me take you through some draft questions that I had. I told you before we got started, I, I pulled up uh, my friend, Eric Edholm's latest mock draft. Eric writes for uh, Yahoo. Known Eric for a long time was pro football weekly for a long time. So he's got, the same top three that generally everyone has right now, Chris. He's got uh, Jacksonville taking Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He's got the Jets taking BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. And he's got the 49ers taking Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. You generally agree that that's likely that that's how that those first three picks will go? Uh, the the first two, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the Niners are going to do, quite frankly. Uh, I'm not trying to be coy. I just, uh, I mean, I, I, I absolutely could see, you know, Mac Jones going there. But I, I could see something different that may surprise folks. But, yeah, you know, I think there's good possibility that that would happen. I will say this, that if Mac doesn't go there, then, I'd, again, this is where people say, is Mac Jones worth it? Let me answer that right now. It doesn't matter if the Niners think he's a great fit for them. Sure. It's not a consensus. Okay. So uh, there's probably, you know, 25 teams in the league that wouldn't take him, you know, 10 spots lower. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, so so I think what's intriguing that they don't, where does he go? Because then that that's going to be interesting. Well, it's, you just walked into my next question. So at home, and I've seen other people write this too, and this is a name that I see a lot, and I want to get your thoughts on this guy because it's it's Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, mm-hmm. who he gets some comparisons, right, to Carson Wentz, whether fairly or not because of their backgrounds and who they played against. And and obviously Lance with the uh, the, the, the pandemic kind of the, the lost a season, et cetera, et cetera. He's got the Falcons either taking Lance or trading out of this pick for some team that wants to move up and take Lance or Jones if Jones didn't go three. So I, I, I threw a lot at you here. We'll start here. Tell me about Trey Lance. What are your thoughts on him as a, as a NFL prospect? I, I think he's got a lot. He's really good size. Um, I think he's, I mean, not only got a great arm, but he's really athletic. Um, he's only a one-year starter. Hey, welcome to today's football. You, you'd like to sure. see more, you don't. Sure. Uh, big-time playmaker. Um, it, it probably bothers me as much as anybody in this draft that, that he didn't get this year, you know, for all the reasons we talk. I just, I just think this would have been a, 
you know, something that it really could have helped him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to adjust to the speed of the game. I, I don't, he's not like Carson uh, personality wise. N- neither is he like him physically. He's, um, you know, he's, he's uh, more mobile and can do more things outside the pocket. I think he's got really good, uh, you know, um, chance, you know, uh, he's, He's not like Carson. He's not like Easton Stick, who's the other guy that came out. It's with the charges that came out of the school. But um, he's a late bloomer. Kids from Minnesota. Um, but but I think he's got some rare intangibles, and I think he's got a chance to develop. I think he's a little bit longer down the road because I think he has a longer, you know, both to lack of playing time and from where he is, we're not talking Carson that played a whole bunch of games and all that. I think he's more of a project, but I think he's absolutely got the tangibles and intangibles to be the quality starter down the road. The issue is going to be in today's world is can you get him on the field? You don't want to play him early. How, what is the right fit for him to be developed? yet have enough time to really make a determination on a second year contract. Cause he's, I don't think he's a one at first year. I don't think he can do much. I think very limited second year. I mean, you could put him in and you know, let him go out and make some plays, but so he's not as polished as say Josh Allen who came out a couple of years ago from Wyoming. So let me interrupt here. Cause it, Matt Ryan, obviously is still in Atlanta. I think, I think Matt Ryan's 36 years old. The, the, mm-hmm. the end is approaching, but there's still some football left in him. When you look at Matt Ryan, how many more years, in your opinion, could he be a serviceable NFL starter to buy some time for whether it's whether it's Lance or whether it's Jones or whether it's uh, the kid that all the local fans want, which is Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, to me, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, and I think he's got a few years. I mean, I think he's got five years, you know. Uh, I think he's got six years if he wants to. I don't think that's that's an issue with him. I don't know what's in his mind, how long he wants to play. That's always a factor. I don't think the Falcons are going to take a quarterback here. I, I don't, I think that they'll they're take gonna stay down. I think they're going to take, stay there and take Panay Sewell. Now I do think, I do think the quarterback talk is a smokescreen to get people to maybe want to come up for a quarterback. Okay. Um, I think if they, you know, there, there's a lot of maybe local talk about, oh, Justin Fields there. Do you pass him? Yada, yada, yada. And I don't, and again, I don't, I don't know that that's, um, that's where they want to go. Look, I, I mean, I know they've had the conversation about Matt Ryan and, you know, the future. And I think that is something you people say, oh, but they've talked about, of course they talk about it's their job. You got to talk about everything. I think, and I don't know, I think, that in the end they'll probably stay there and take Panesul. But I do think a trade's possibility. Um, I guess them taking a quarterback's a possibility. Look, it could be Trey Lance. Wouldn't it be something if they took a quarterback there and it wasn't Justin Fields? All right, so they've got Kyle Pitts going five. This is Eric at home with Yahoo. I'm just using him as a reference to kind of for me to help have a somewhat educated draft conversation with someone who's incredibly educated on the draft and Chris. Got Pitts going five to Cincinnati. I watched Pitts a lot this year at Florida. To me, please feel free to tell me I'm I'm crazy. I can handle it. He looks like a prototypical modern-day NFL receiver. He's fast. He's big. He's got those big hands. He runs good routes. He's explosive. He's good after the catch. 
I'm surprised that, frankly, and I know it speaks to the the value of the quarterback position, that here's this guy at five, and you're Cincinnati. And this is where it's interesting. If you're Cincinnati, they've got offensive line needs. Mm -hmm. Got a quarterback in Burrow that just got hurt. Coming back, that, that is their franchise player. Let's just say, Chris, that for some chance, Panay Sewell's there at five, as is Kyle Pitts, just for the sake of this uh, hypothetical. If you're Cincy, do you go with that generational left tackle or do you take the wide receiver that could be Joe Burrow's favorite target for a long time? If if it's me, I'm taking Panay Sewell. I think it's tougher to find that elite left tackle. Cincinnati, I think, is going to take Jamar Chase. Um, I think there, you can't be this way. In my opinion, I think they're a little gun shy. They've taken, remember they took a couple of tackles early. None of those guys are Panay Sewell though. And it hadn't quite worked out. I think they're a little gun shy on that. Really gun shy on that. And I, I think you got to be careful with that. I, I, here's the thing. Yes. They want to work a vertical game and they'd like a guy like Chase. My theory always in the draft room is we're not having a vertical game. Yes, you need a speed receiver to get outside. If you don't have pass protection, you're never getting vertical. Okay, you just, you know, <laughs> the quarterback's going to be horizontal. So you just, you better, you know, I, that's what I would do. I would take Sewell if he's there. If he's not there, I would not take the next best tackle, who I like but I don't love. I would take Pitts or Chase. Um, I think Pitts is, I, I don't know how much folks out there have watched Darren Waller of the Raiders. That That's who Pitts is. Darren Waller is, you know, you're talking about the elite tight ends. You see Kelsey a bunch. Waller in a, he's just, he is a big receiver that's athletic. That's Kyle Pitts. So I think the Bengals are in great situation. I think they feel, a, a, my sense is they feel a little bit more comfortable with Chase um, and, you know, Burrow and, and, and I think in that offense, that's where I'm guessing. Um, but we'll see. I, I do like, I do love Sewell for them. I love Sewell for any of those teams. I think he's tough guy to find. I, I think he's the second best player in the draft. In fact, he's got the same grade for me as Trevor Lawrence is how much. Oh, wow. That's, that's how much I think. I think this guy bends better naturally, athletically than anybody since Jonathan Ogden. Uh, he is naturally gifted. Now, he's not um, he's not as advanced and all that. But but what, you're talking about a guy you plug and play, and he's great. Now, look, they've got people have asked me about Atlanta. You know, well, what do you do? You got Jake Matthews. You forget this guy is better than any guy they have. Jake Matthews is really good. You can play Sewell at guard, which is a good way to get him acclimated. I think playing at guard really helps you. It gives you a little help, but a little learn the the calls and protections a little bit better. It's really good. It's like learning the the any linebacker position from the mic position and then going outside. Um, I I just think there's not any place where I, I would say, you know, Panacea wouldn't help. You can take the best tackle duel in the league, and this guy comes in and helps you immediately. And I think it's tougher to find a a guy like this. I I like him a lot. But it doesn't mean that I, I would not like the pick of Pitts or Chase or you know, any of those guys because I think they're all good players. The issue is what's the right pick? And I'm curious to see what 
that they do that. All right, so he's he generally agrees with you about top seven players. He's got Chase going six. He's got Sewell going seven. He's got uh, Patrick Sertain going eighth to Carolina, which is higher than I've seen Sertain on a lot of max, uh, a lot of mocks, I should say. What do you what do you think about him? He's a terrific corner at Alabama. Yeah, I you know uh, they may go offense here. This may be where the second tackle go. Don't know. Um, I don't obviously with the. I don't. I don't agree that folks. They they still might. You know, I I will say this. This will be interesting, and I I I throw this out there. Um, don't think they're going to do it, but Justin Fields is still on the board at eight, and and you just got Darnold. That's interesting. That's um, my next question. My next. You know, I don't know, or 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 you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. For example, if they got Lance or Fields that high, if they would do that, or, or you know, how much of that would be a discussion. In their room, but I think uh, they went all defense last year. Uh, I think value that that's where Sertan and, and those guys look. I mean, I think they're they're four guys that are in the high first round grade area. So everybody else, we just discussed them, and we hadn't discussed Lawrence, but he's he's there. Pitch Chase and Sewell, the the rest of the guys, player five to twenty four in my board. They're all with the same grade. So how do I have them stack? Well, that's interesting. So you can go in a number of different directions. And I think that Sertain's really good. I think Farley from Virginia Tech is really good. Medically, supposedly, the medical came out pretty good. We'll see what the team doctors think because that sometimes is a differing medical opinions. But, no, I think there are a number of directions they could go. And I think getting – more playmakers and protection may make some sense. So I would say Sertain, I would say certainly where you're looking at the next group of tackles, maybe Slater, all that would be a possibility. Certainly they would jump all over Sewell. If we if we just somehow talked about everybody passing on these guys, let's just say that um, the, the Falcons trade with somebody, who would that be? Somebody moves up for the quarterback since he takes chase. The Dolphins take pits, let's say. Detroit goes somewhere else. He is not out of the possibility that Sewell could be on the board at eight, and I think they would run the court up in in Carolina if that were the case. All right, that gets me to number nine, and one of the teams that's kind of a wild card here because you've got Denver, who apparently is not in love with Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, the Jets and and them moving on from from their quarterback. Uh, the the Broncos kind of getting to that point where you got to make a decision about Drew Locke and what his future is. Is Denver a team that you're watching in the possible trade up? Would Denver look to trade up to say number four to get whether it's, I don't know whether it's Lance or whether it's fields, but to go make sure, Hey, let's go get our quarterback here. You know, um, obviously it depends. Yes. I would put them in that category. What grade do they have on Lance and fields? How do they feel about it? Um, you know what? I'm going to throw this out. Do they have to move up? I mean, you start looking at it. Um, I think you always, if you really are in love with Justin Fields or Trey Lance, you know, I, I don't think you mess around. You, you, that's, this is why, by the way, the Falcons are discussing and throwing this out and throwing the quarterback rumors out because I think that's where they would want them to move. And so they could move down. Cause I think Atlanta would feel pretty good. I, again, I wouldn't do it cause I wouldn't pass up Sewell, but I think if you're Denver, I think there'll be a good offensive lineman there. I think there'll be Michael Parsons linebacker. That is 
is a great player for them. Um, I think there are a couple of directions that they can go, but quarterback is one of them. And one of them slipping into their lap is also a possibility. Don't see them liking or going for Mac Jones, but if Lance or, um, or, or fields were there or reachable, we'll see George, uh, Peyton is now running it. Let's remind everybody that John Elway, John Elway's great to be John Elway. Um, much of the chagrin, a lot of the, the media in Denver, I was very critical of John Elway as a GM for years because he's just not, not very good at that. But he's, he's the only guy that basically got fired as a GM and got promoted up to president, which you can do that if you're John Elway in Denver and kiss babies and shake hands. So let's remind folks that John Elway, and we don't have enough time in the show to run down the number of quarterbacks he misevaluated and made mistakes on. Uh, let's see what George and that uh, staff thinks now of these quarterbacks at Denver. But I definitely think that's that's possibility. I do think that's where you start to really look at it and say, where do you go? The other team to look out for is I know uh, that Philly um, liked Zach Wilson, but would they like Justin Fields or Trey Lance at twelve? Would they be willing to move up a couple of spots there? Uh, interesting to see. Let's keep an eye on Philly. Let's keep an eye on Denver. Um, you know, if I were Detroit and, and, again, Justin Fields is there and you like him, and I think those are all things that are intriguing. You don't have much time to get things in on track in Detroit before they fire you up because that's, that's a, a you know revolving cycle there. So I don't know if they want to start young quarterback behind Jared Goff. I think they probably want to get – personnel around him because you you don't have four years to build things over there all right so i'm going to run through some names and i'm lead this is leading to a question that i want to get your your thoughts from a a strategy standpoint if you're an nfl franchise so he's got and i don't we don't have the time to pick these apart one by one so okay. let me get to a, a, a over overreaching point here he's got dallas taking uh northwestern offensive tackle uh rayshon slater i hope i'm pronouncing his name mm -hmm. He's got the New York Giants taking Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. He's got the Eagles taking a corner that I love, uh, South Carolina's J.C. Horn. He's got the Chargers taking Virginia Tech offensive tackle Christian Derisaw. He's got Minnesota taking Michigan uh, edge rusher Quiddy Pay, who's got a great name. Holy cow, if that guy becomes a star in the NFL, he's got the name for it, Quiddy Pay. Who wouldn't love that name? Uh, he's got New England taking Jalen Waddell. He's got Arizona taking Devontae Smith, his teammate at Alabama. He's got the Raiders taking Oklahoma State offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins, a guy you mentioned a minute ago. He's got the Dolphins taking uh, Miami edge rusher uh, Jalen Phillips. He's got Washington taking Tulsa linebacker Zayvon Collins. He's got the Bears at 20 taking uh, wide receiver Kadarius Toney. And so I, I, I bring up those names not to pick apart whether he's going to get these right or not because certainly he'll get a couple right, he'll miss a bunch, whatever. Here's my question. Like Dallas, for example, needs defense. At 10, though, if you have a tackle that you like, do you take do you take best available? At 20, the Bears, they need a tackle. The Bears need a quarterback. But you can't force it. So at 20, do you go, hey, the best player on our board is, and let's just use his name because it's right here in front of me, the best player on our board right here is Kadarius Tony. We're going to take him. We're, we're going to figure it out. Once you're out of that top echelon of teams, are you drafting by need or are you drafting best available? Everybody does it differently. Um, and, and some people 
jump for need. Here's the, the rule of thumb I always preach. So you, you, you know, always say build your board regardless of need, right? Okay. So the answer to your question is you take the player as long as they're in the same grade plateau. So, okay. If, if, if you're Dallas and you got a player with a six, nine grade and he's the only one left, you, you don't pass him up. But if you got, if you've got, like I said, there are four players with, well, two players with seven O grades, two players with six, nine grades. Then I've got 20 with six, five grades. Well, any of those 20 are fair game. So Phil, if, if you, if you see them the way I see them, which they don't, but I'm going to use that as the barometer here. So take any one of those guys. You can go for need. You can also look at if you got multiple needs. Where's their better depth? That's why you have a board. Look, second and third round, there's good value at linebacker. There's good value at tackle. There's good there's less value here at defensive end. You watch and see there's not great value at the top of the first round for pass rushers. But mid first round, you're going to start to see them go. So you might say, don't like the depth. So you might say, I'm going to go with the pass rusher here, get my tackle there, because your board dictates it to you that you can get multiple guys, multiple help at multiple positions. So your board helps you determine that. But the answer is, if you got uh, five players with the same grade, you may stack them in a certain order, but it doesn't mean you got to take them in that order because you've given them the same grade. That helps you determine what you would do in certain scenarios, but you also have to look at that position later in the draft and where you can maximize value throughout the entire draft. And I think that's what you do. I, I, so in Dallas's case, yeah, they need defensive help. And, and you get this a lot. Oh, my Bears need this. My Panthers need My Bengals need this. Yes, you need that. That doesn't make the player any better because, Neil, most people, God bless them, I love them. They're like in the fantasy list. They see these names, but they don't know the players. They think, well, take the next best fill in the blank at my team's biggest need. No. What if the player's not worthy of it and you're leaving a much better player on the board the point is is you don't get better that way you're putting a body at a position of need so yes understanding that this is what your needs are and if value meets need absolutely you should that's what you want to do but sometimes it doesn't and sometimes you just you need a pass rusher you want them you target a certain guy but there's a great, like you said, great offensive tackle that's there. Just too good to pass up. Well, sure. So the thought is for Dallas fans, all right, because got even a question there because, well, you know, Jerry Jones loves Coppin. Well, of course he does. He's a splash player. He's a great player. There's not, there are 32 teams. There are 32 teams that love Pitts. Doesn't mean he can get them. They're not going to be able to move up and get them. It's going to be too costly for a team that needs good players. Now, that's a team that can get great value at a spot of need. And it's probably a corner. It's certain it's, um, it's, it's Farley. I mean, it's, it's horn. It's one of those guys probably because I think there's better value there than say an edge rusher. And that makes, that makes sense. You're getting value with quality value with, with a need. All right. So some of the other names he's got on his board, just tell me whether just, 
going to read the names to you mm-hmm. to who strikes you. He's got Indianapolis at 21, taking uh, Southern Cal offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker. Second best offensive lineman maybe in this entire draft, maybe. A lot of Ole Miss fans, yeah, a lot of Ole Miss fans will be interested here. A name that has uh, locally, we're hearing some rumblings that he's really moving up boards, and apparently Eric Edholm's hearing the same. He has Tennessee at twenty-two, taking Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. He's real, got, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, real quick on that one. As I said earlier, you're going to see the receivers chase go pretty early. Then you're going to see Smith and Waddle, and and folks, that's the top. So yep. the answer to where Moore and Tony are going to go will depend upon where the other three go. The earlier the other, the top three go, the earlier Tony and Moore will go. And if you do the numbers, they're not 32 first-round grades. Right. Both of those guys, in my opinion, are high second-round value. They're going in the first round. I can tell you that they're going to go in the first round. And how high they go in the first round will depend upon when Smith and Waddle go off the board after Chase. Boy, the, the the Elijah Moore story, and I'm just sitting here as you're talking, as you're saying, <laughs> and, and I can't help for my mind to to think this. The Elijah Moore story is a remarkable story. Here's a guy who his unsportsmanlike conduct penalty at the very end of the what was that 19 Egg Bowl, yeah, was the final straw for uh, for Matt Luke. It leads to a coaching change that leads to Ole Miss hiring Lane Kiffin which leads to Ole Miss completely changing the offense that they ran, running an offense that absolutely won gazillion percent. Give Lane Kiffin a ton of credit. One gazillion percent maximized the talent skill set of Elijah Moore. And then Elijah Moore, to his credit, does the work. And in a nine-game season, just, just I mean, had a, had a fantastic year. I mean, if Devontae Smith doesn't have a historic year, Elijah Moore wins the the Blitnikoff. It's a remarkable story. It's a who's this guy? What is this like? I don't know. I don't have the Matt. 19, 20 months later, after doing the fire hydrant thing in the end zone that draws the flag that leads to total chaos and and ridicule. This guy's going in the first round of the NFL draft. It, it is Chris, it's a crazy story. It's one of those stories that I think if you wrote it. And send it to Hollywood, they would go, nah, man, this is one of those cheesy sports stories that this won't work at the box office. He'll be one happy pup. <laughs> <laughs> that is, true. That is he, he the the three the three guys, he, Tony, and Terrence Marshall of LSU will be guys to watch out for as candidates to go first round with high second round value because yep. of what we just mentioned. And I do like more really well and it really depends i think he's you know he's um yeah so that's kind of the range again with 20 seconds again start start figuring the numbers that's why we always cheap plug here go to landry football see the board see where the cutoffs are you start to see oh good value makes sense i see why he could go there yeah 23 he's got the jets uh using their pick from seattle with notre dame defensive player jeremiah owasu karamoa Yes, really good player. Absolutely. And Pittsburgh taking Alabama offensive lineman Landon Dickerson, who could play center or guard. Mm-hmm. At the Jags at 25, the pick they got from the Rams, going with Alabama defensive tackle Christian Barmore. People want to know why Alabama's so good. Notice that we're at 25 here. Whether Eric is right or wrong, he's got Alabama going with, what, six first-round picks. It's remarkable. Yes. Uh, Cleveland, he's got them taking uh, Northwestern cornerback Greg Newsom II. 
Got uh, Baltimore going with Georgia, Edge, Rusher, Aziz, Ojolari. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's one. We've got a lot of Saints fans in the in the building. We haven't talked about the Saints much. Drew Brees is retired. Mm -hmm. uh, Tays Taysom Hill is there, but the jury's out on whether he's a quarterback. Jameis Winston's still on the Saints uh, roster. He's likely their quarterback next season, but I don't know that anybody's willing to just push all the chips in and go, yep, Chris, I got it. No question. Jameis Winston's taking the Saints back to the promised land. I don't know that anybody's ready to make that gamble just today. Mm -mm. He's got the Saints at 28 taking Stanford quarterback Davis Mills. That feels like a real reach. What, yeah, yeah, and they're not they're not doing that. That's, what, what do you yeah. think the Saints do into the first round? And at some point, how do you see the Saints addressing quarterback? Do, do they try to address it at all in this draft? Yeah, so Davis Mills is a chance to make guy, okay? And that is a third round value that's gonna go second round because you know you're you know, so he's a backup quarterback, you know, can be at the highest level he could be maybe to the level of a Kirk Cousins, maybe slightly below. He's he's you know, he's not someone and I don't think Sean's going to do now. Sean will tend to fall in love with the guy, but he understands value and you're not leaving. You're talking about leaving Buku players uh, that are better on the board. I mean, you're, you're talking two rounds of players that are better. Plus uh, they're not doing that. They've got too many needs. Sean has got a lot of belief in what he can do with Jameis you know, this kid would sit for two years now. That 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 doesn't make sense. And really, I don't think any of those guys make sense um, at, at the first round. Now, I do think in the second round, and first of all, I think I think Mills has got a chance to be their second round pick. I mean, you know, if yeah. they want to do it, do it there. And and you know, if you certainly don't do it in the first round. So to me, that that's that doesn't doesn't make sense for the them to do that. Um, but I do think, look, it's not, oh, they're going to take a quarterback. Don't know. I guarantee you, knowing Sean, there's one or two guys that he likes. Can they get them? Is it the right spot to get them? Like, like I can tell you, there are teams I just, not, not, not arguing, but, boy, I just vehemently disagreed with the with, uh, team that, do some stuff yesterday that they, they think Kellen Mond's a top 50 player in this draft. I do not like Kellen Mond. Um, I, I, I see him, um, you know, even lower than Mills personally. I, I don't, I don't like, and I could be wrong. That's, that's how I see it. But, um, that's what makes the draft fun though, right? Is that after you get yeah. past a certain number of people, yeah. smart football people disagree. And and, and well, so yeah, makes you know. for it makes for interesting conversations. Yeah, you know, and then you know, there's the Kyle Trask factor. Now he's going to be the interesting quarterback because, to me, he's a late second round value. Does he go very late round one? <laughs> Somebody likes him because yeah. you get the extra year, and again, it's a reach. But you know, a better team that maybe, you know, really likes him, that, that may make some sense. So we'll see. Um, but I, I think I think Kyle Trask is the sixth quarterback off the board, you know, where that's going to be interesting. Because I think, I think we'll see five go in the first round. And I do think that, I'll, for the record, I think Mac Jones is a high second-round value. But six-four grade, 
clearly going in the first round because look, it's there are different ways you can couch it, Neil. I mean, some people say panic. Some people, and, and I don't know that I've got look the the importance of the position. And if you don't have one, you're desperate. You're desperate for a quarterback, so you overdraft them, and the risk is less than it ever has been, Neil. Because yes, you can mess up a pick. But it's not like paying same Bradford fifty million dollars, and it's a total bust. And you, you know, you don't pay them that much on a rookie contract. So, give it a shot. Overdraft them by half a round, a full round. If you don't have one, you're going to have to get one and keep trying. Keep putting your your lure in the water and trying to catch something. It's it's kind of the the philosophy that more and more as I'm doing this with teams. This is the new philosophy in the league. And I do believe, Neil, I've always believed this, and it has to be the right guy. I always went into every draft trying to draft a quarterback at some point. I just think if you hit on one, it's like real estate. You know, you don't have to live in all those houses. They're they're rental property. They've got great resale value. You turn around, if you got something, you got a chance to kind of prove now it'll be less and less of an issue uh, less and less of ability to prove it. If we continue to cut down preseason games, cause less time for them guys to kind of show up, but yeah, no, I think it, the quarterback is always the thing that drives the top of the draft and the storyline of the drafts. And I think, you know, while it is, I think there's some players that can play. There's some players with some potential, but I think there's some guys that, um, uh, I don't know. I I am a little bit intrigued by Jamie Newman late, and I don't think you're going to have to overdraft him. I think Shane Bouchelle is somebody that later that I don't think is going to be overdrafted, I think is a possibility that uh, has some interest. Uh, I do like a little bit the kid from Tulsa, Zach Smith. So, you know, in terms of being quality backups that in time may be able to develop into some guys. Just rounding out his first round since we've talked about it for the lion's share of the show. Uh, he's got Green Bay going Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley. Boy, that would be great value if he slipped that far, but they've taken so many corners. Go ahead. Uh, he's got Buffalo at 30 going with Penn State uh, rusher, edge rusher Jason Owe. Owe? Yes, Owe? really good. At Kansas City at 31 going with LSU wide receiver Terrence Marshall Jr. And then at 32, a guy that I love, and I know nobody takes running back super high, and I get it, I understand, but boy, I love Najee Harris. Love yeah, him, love too. him, love him. And if he goes 32 to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has to be absolutely giddy at that point. He signed Giovanni Bernard yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but they, they, that'd be interesting. A couple of things I don't think you mentioned. Um the two Miami kids, uh, Jalen Phillips and Greg Rousseau, are definitely gone. Uh, I, you didn't mention on that list, but they're definitely gone um, in this, you know, in this in this round. There, uh, do like Zavin Collins. I don't know how many people know the kid from Tulsa. What a great player he is! Um, yeah, so those are those are some intriguing guys. Yeah. All right, I got a question for you. We don't have a ton of time left, but if we can tease this. ESPN FPI preseason top 10. I don't even know what FPI means, if I'm totally honest. Uh, their preseason top 10 for college football in 2021. I'm going to read them to you. Get to the bottom. Tell me what sticks out, because one sticks out to me like, whoa. All right, here we go. Number one, Alabama. 
No shock there. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Clemson. Number four, Iowa State. Number five, Ohio State. Number six, Texas A&M. Number seven, Georgia. Number eight, Mississippi State. Number nine, Oklahoma State. And number 10, Penn State. Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Iowa State, Ohio State, Texas, Georgia 7, Mississippi State 8, Oklahoma State, Penn State 9 and 10. Chris, am I missing something here? Because Yeah, I think Mississippi State can be the eight best in the SEC. <laughs> I don't that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I, Iowa Iowa State's <laughs> really good. Um they're gonna be the chic pick of you know oh i'll pick out because they they could be like the sheep pick in you know the big 12 a lot of people coming back still oklahoma is still going to be oklahoma in the big 12 but iowa state's really good by the Georgia, way let me interrupt real quick because i answered my own question fpi and i should have known this i'm an idiot football it's, power index football power index and guessing there fpi um anyway sorry to interrupt yeah no no um I don't know that we're going to have that many Big 12 teams. Oklahoma, well, that's right. They had Oklahoma, too. So, yeah, I, I would say uh, Oklahoma State be pretty good. I don't know. They're not top 10 good. Neither is Penn State. Um, but, you know, I think Georgia's probably a little low to start. Uh, probably they're reacting to the receivers and all the injuries there. If that keeps going, you know, Georgia's kind of digging themselves as a whole. I mean, not nothing to them, but just um, – yeah, you know, just some talk. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know where they're getting the Mississippi State stuff and that, you know, I think they'll they'll be better. You're too quarterback getting having a better understanding, but no, I don't I don't uh no, I don't Mississippi State. I don't know where that is. I don't know what uh no, I I I'm kinda stumped there. I just keep thinking somebody Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm somebody somebody typed something wrong. Yeah, they, they were they were good on defense last year. They weren't great. They were good. Uh, offensively, they were fine against certain teams. You you were very quick to correctly diagnose Mississippi State very early because they lit up LSU, and you're like, hey, slow down. And you were right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, eight in the in the coming. You know, you want to talk about a team that <clears throat> could be potentially a top twenty five team. If things break right, yeah, I could I could make a case for that. Top ten. Now you start looking at it's so one thing I will say about top ten. <laughs> it it drops off pretty quick, but man, I you don't you don't put uh there there's a there's a chasm of difference between say Georgia and Mississippi State or AM and Mississippi State or you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of other teams that would that are far more impressive. And I'm going to and when I put the draft to bed, really, because I've done a lot of work with rosters, and that's what we're going to do. Obviously, Landry football May and June, and yeah, we're going to dig into preview and doing dig into that. But I can tell you this: I, I don't. If Mississippi State's a top ten team in the country, uh, I'm not seeing it. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure I'm going to see it at all. I'm not sure I'm seeing the fall either. One of the things I'm kind of looking forward to doing in the summer is, is taking a deep dive into South Carolina, a deep dive into Vanderbilt, a deep dive into Tennessee, Arkansas, whatever. 
it'll help me as a as a journalist to kind of get to know these teams a little bit better so that when I talk about them over the course of the year, I'm a little more educated. But I'm like you right now. I'm just I'm drawing a blank. Like how do you how do you get there? I, I get Alabama, obviously, and Oklahoma and Clemson. I get it. Um Iowa State seems a little high, but Matt Campbell's done such a good job there and they've become a very consistent program. I'm not going to question that. Ohio State's obvious. I have some questions about Texas A&M being that high. I do think Texas a and is really good. I think Jimbo's building a, a, a power there. I, six, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think they have Georgia too low and, and A&M too high. I just don't see Mississippi State there. I'm not well, let's look real quick. I know. Let's real, real quick here. I was going so, to get to the last one, though, Chris. Yeah, There's another ahead. one that it doesn't, re, it doesn't stick out if you're just taking a fast glance because – Penn State's a big power, right? And what? But I watched Penn State a bunch last year, Chris, and they weren't very good. No, and and look, I mean, I think that um, there's a, a a lot of questions um, about a number of teams in the Big Ten behind Ohio State, and you know, maybe just throwing something against the wall in the SEC, teams that would be worthy of at least discussing. Um, certainly ahead of Mississippi State would be Florida. Um, I think Kentucky will rebound and, and, and have a decent year. Um, LSU certainly is better than Mississippi State, and I know they get beat by Mississippi State, but, I mean, I think that. How about the ACC? I'd talk about Ole Miss before I'd talk about Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, what? I mean, uh, North Carolina, Miami, certainly are deserving of being mentioned, at least with the with some of those guys in the bottom. Um uh, I think they've got the 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 Big Twelve. Uh, they didn't, you know. Certainly, Oregon is better, you yeah. know. I mean, than than some of that. So, no, I think that, you know, scoring some points, um, putting some yards together. Listen, I look. I hope for the folks in Starkville that that they they have a really good year. I just don't know where the I don't know where the eight the eighth the uh, like I said, if you if I sat there right now, and I, this is going to be different when I go and look at it, one, two, three, four, five, six, I would have to put Mississippi State seventh in the SEC I, as opposed to eighth in the country. <laughs> yeah, it's – I, that's you know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't get that. <laughs> it's certainly not a personnel standpoint. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you this show has been brought to you by Blue Sky. They believe in being fast, fresh, and friendly through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh. They always provide the freshest flavors of the brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. They want to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience, and they'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. Alpha is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. It's the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailers being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated load trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. 
They also have Hallmark cargo trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market. Perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can make uh, third parties. They can work with third parties to make game day trailers and concession trailers built specifically for your needs as well. So, you know, high school concessions, that kind of thing. Get in touch with the people at Alpha. They have spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. A full selection of trailer parts and accessories. They do all types of truck accessories, and listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full-service shop, 601-932-9798, or check them out at alphaofms.com. Anything else, Chris? Before no, we- I think uh, I think we're good. Obviously, Friday we'll talk um, uh, whatever comes up, and we'll take your questions uh, in the chat room and uh, certainly uh, a lot more draft stuff. For the latest in draft information, news and notes, college football angle, uh, recruiting, got a lot of recruiting information in our college notebooks, but be heavy on the draft. Check out LandryFootball.com, will you? Um, join us there. Scouting reports on all the players, the draft boards, uh, uh, and certainly we'll take you inside the draft room of each uh, of the 32 teams and be bringing that out to you. So, we're really busy this time of year, and uh, we kind of give it to you in the way and make you kind of as if you're in the draft room with them. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to everybody for being a part of the show, and uh, we'll be back with you, as Chris mentioned, on Friday at 9. Until then, for Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Have a great week. Talk to you on Friday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.